Welcome to Jane Unchained, featuring best-selling author, TV journalist, and JaneUnchained.com founder, Jane Velez Mitchell. In the next few minutes, you'll hear a secret solution to the problems that plague our world. If you want to revolutionize your life, get truly joyful, and jump to the next phase of human evolution, all it takes is one simple choice. Now, here's your host, Jane Velez Mitchell. Hello! Are you happy, joyous, and free? The world can be a beautiful place. It's not a zero-sum game. For us to live and thrive, other beings do not have to suffer and die. This is the great discovery that will allow us as a species to evolve. You know, we all love our dogs. Today we have a very special, special program where we are talking about... uh, (laughs) What's on everybody's lips? Should we all go plant-based for the planet? So we're here with two big, big influencers from Food for Thought, and they're going to tell you about their campaign to get animal welfare groups and other organizations that are um, all about loving animals to stop eating them at their galas. But this, nothing could be more timely right now, because right now we have a situation where... um, At the Golden Globes just the other day, uh, Joaquin Phoenix in accepting the Best Actor Award. And of course, because we love animals, we always have them barking. Come on, Rage Parsons Roach, come on in and join us. Um, (laughs) um, In any case, we had Joaquin Phoenix winning Best Actor at the Golden Globes. And... In his acceptance speech, thanking the Golden Globes for going plant-based. And that was a breakthrough moment because it basically said, we have to have personal responsibility for climate change. We can't just point the finger at um, amorphous governments and corporations and say, you, you're doing something wrong. You fix it. You fix it. We need to take personal responsibility. And if every single one of us went plant-based, as everybody on this panel is, then we would go a long way toward immediately beginning to reverse climate change, as opposed to waiting for governments and corporations to get their acts together. That being said, let's start with Jessica Jansen. Tell us all about this incredible campaign you have, Food for Thought, to get Animal welfare groups who love dogs like little Rico here, our mascot, our rescue from Puerto Rico, our little chihuahua, they love the dogs and the cats, and then they're eating pigs and chickens and goats and turkeys and lambs and cows to raise money to save dogs and cats. Tell us what you're doing to get them to wake up that that's not walking the walk. Yeah. Well, firstly, thank you for having Crystal and I on your show Um, we appreciate all the work that you do in the same movement that we're in. We're all on the same page. So we appreciate that. Um, the campaign that we're with is called the food for thought campaign. We are a program of animal place. Animal place is a farmed animal sanctuary in grass Valley, California. And what we do is we work with environmental organizations, wildlife organizations, animal shelters, and also social justice organizations to adopt menu policies that are more aligned with their mission to do good. So we look to these nonprofits to be leaders 
um, in compassionate choices. And we, as Food for Thought, try to help them align their menus with their missions and keep the moral compass the way the public expects it to be, which is strong. That is absolutely fantastic. Now, I have gone to galas that are supposedly to help animals and been horrified when I see dead animals and body parts on the plate or even cheese, because we all know that that's liquid meat and that the animals have to die and be ripped from their mothers, et cetera, et cetera, to produce so that we can steal the breast milk of another species to just put it the way it is. So Crystal um, Kozlak, you actually interact face-to-face with these organizations. How do you, in a way that doesn't shut them off and make them defensive, how do you open up that conversation where it's like, hey guys, you love animals, you love dogs and cats like little Rico here. Um, Why are you killing the cows and the pigs? And you've said even they've sometimes had pig roasts. We don't want to call out any organizations by name or shame them, but just get to the heart of the problem. How do you approach that? (laughs) Oh, it's an animal show. Go ahead. Um, Yes, thank you. Yeah, so we definitely approach uh, these organizations by being compassionate as possible and thanking them for their uh, hard work because they're doing a lot of good um, as well. And that kind of opens up the door for them to talk with us if we're compassionate and kind and understanding of where they're coming from. But we also send them uh, brochures so they get the information and uh, we tell them about our grant opportunities as well. Um, so that's kind of a little incentive for them to try an all vegan event. Um, so that way they don't have to um, worry about any sort of outcomes. They can just try it and see how it is. And all of our event grant re- recipients have been really successful. So um, they get to see what it's like to put on a vegan event and how uh, their donors and supporters really want to see more vegan and plant-based options at their events. Okay, and I, but I really want to ask you, and I'm here with Paige Parsons Roach, who's one of our great okay. contributors and our booker for Lunch Break Live. Mm-hmm. Um, Jessica, tell us how you broach it, because I think the opening gambit is the most important part. And, you know, I've learned this lesson myself. I don't want to be scolded and I deserve to be scolded. I went to an event for two days in a row and I took my reusable water bottle and I filled it up and I had it ready to go. And then in my panic to be late, I left it both days and I deserve to be scolded. And then somebody said, I said, I said, oh, I hate myself. I forgot my reusable water bottle. And somebody said, be kind to yourself, you know, forgive yourself and and put me back in perspective that none of us is perfect. We all make mistakes. This is a big one, though, because if you purport to be a defender of animals and you are literally grilling animals or the most extreme example, I think, is having a pig roast and having the pig roasting. And, you know, veterinary groups have also had this issue where uh, in Europe we covered a live video, Jane Unchained did, where there was a protest against a veterinary group having a dinner and they were roasting a pig and the pig was right there being roasted. Not that looking at it makes it any less or more violent than showing a piece slab of meat, still killing an animal under the guise of helping animals. How do you 
open the conversation so that they don't go into defensive mode and basically tell you to buzz off. I think the important thing, like Crystal said, is to acknowledge that we're all out there trying to make a difference in the world, whether it's for a social justice organization, whether it's for an environmental organization, whether it's for an animal shelter, we're all doing a great amount of good to begin with. And when you approach an organization, you have to come from that place where you realize we always make that disconnect. Before you and I went plant-based, we, we had that disconnect where we didn't realize that these animals were like that popular slogan, friends, not food. And it's really easy when you are in an organization that has sustained that for a long period of time that you don't recognize that. So the first approach is to say, thank you for what you do. You're doing an incredible amount of good. You could choose to do something else entirely, but you're doing something really wonderful for the environment or for the planet or for dogs and cats. And so you open up the conversation with a thank you with a salute to the work that they are doing. And then you open up the conversation and say, have you thought about this before? Let's, let's have this conversation. Let's have a dialogue. I don't want to talk at you. I want to, I want to talk with you. So let me say this. <coughs> I think a lot of animal welfare groups are afraid to scare off their donors because they don't want to scare off their donors by making their donors look in the mirror so I've even had people t tell me this directly to my face. Well, our donors, you know, be soft. Be Literally, this is a direct quote. Be soft. They're meat eaters. Be soft. They're meat eaters. Yes, we need to be soft, but we're, the disconnect is not just the organization. It's It really follow the money. I mean, at the end of the day, that's the kind of thing that I think really – um, influences the decision of these organizations. They feel maybe if they have a plant-based event that it's going to, other people won't come. Can you address that, Crystal? Yeah, the way that we look at it is that um, their supporters and donors are going to their event to support the organization and their mission, not for to get a meal. Um, so we make sure to tell them that sort of perspective. And we also um, work with them to sort of alleviate some of their concerns. Um, like, you know, if they're worried about um, donor losing donors, and we make it very clear to them that um, they're leaders in their community and they need to stick by their mission. So if their mission is to save animals, then they shouldn't be serving them. Well, I know, Paige, you go to a lot of events and I think that there's been a big change recently. I think... I believe that Joaquin Phoenix's speech at the Golden Globes was a turning point. And he was applauded. He wasn't attacked. Mm -hmm. He was applauded. So what do you see happening when you're out there in the field, Paige, and you're going to all these events, which you go to so many? Absolutely. I'm seeing a shift. Definitely there's there seems to be a plant-based auction um, <clears throat> at most restaurants these days that I attend and go to <clears throat> or events. The fact that Joaquin Phoenix literally made that impact, I think is going to have a wave of effect in the entertainment industry. I think when I talk to people who are actors, they're saying that more craft services, more providers, more of the people that provide food at when they're, you know, at a particular, you know, uh, see, uh, you know, production that they're doing, they're, they're getting more. There's chefs that are on board learning. This chef, I want to shout out to this Glo Golden Globe chef. Um, he actually made the shift, I believe it was within two weeks, he went from 
1,500 meals to 7,000 meals that were plant-based. So 1,500 people were going to go have the plant-based meal and then the entire, because they the, the, the foreign press got word, they had the conversation and shifted. To me, that is powerful. And I think that's going to send waves to the rest of the entertainment industry. The gold, the, the um, you know, the Academy Awards, whatever food they're serving in the green room, or SAG Awards, you know, shout out to any, any awards that are out there, especially, you know, the, the, what I find so fascinating about this conversation is just like you were always saying, so many years of disconnect. You know, you look at people who are, a lot, lots of what's happening on social media right now is, is, is uh, Australia's on fire and uh, everyone's putting out so much you know, social media about the koalas and the kangaroos and the millions of animals that are dying. Billions. There's billions. up to a billion animals, I said, have died. And then you see their next picture on the Instagram is their meal of their chicken meal or something. It's like, what? And there's a lot of people who are calling people out now. And that's what I think, Jane. It's about the personal accountability, mm-hmm. taking personal responsibility to change globally. For global change. By the way, while you guys are listening, please share your video out so that your vo- your food for thought and your Animal Place fans can see this because that's what we're doing. We're inviting people. And that's another way to just spread this message. And, you know, every time you hit share, you are hitting a whole different tribe. And in that tribe, there are dog rescuers and cat rescuers, because I always tag, I love dogs, I love cats, I love horses, because there are people who love animals, but they have made a specific circle. I can't tell you how many people that I, who I've I've had discussions with, where they grieve, cry, weep over the death of their cat, their dog, or their horse. And they cry and cry and cry and they're crying over a chicken sandwich or a piece of steak. Complete and utter disconnect. And we, our planet cannot afford that disconnect anymore. It really cannot. Oh, you know, my documentary countdown to year zero and I'll grab a card here uh, to promote it every chance I get because it features the work of Dr. Silas Rao Countdown to Year Zero, it's available on Amazon Prime, and it's won a few awards already, and it's free for Amazon Prime members, Countdown to Year Zero. It explains the connection between animal agriculture and climate change, and how uh, Dr. Rao believes, and he has made a white paper to make his case, and he's willing to debate anybody that animal agriculture is by far the leading cause of climate change, greenhouse gas emissions, not fossil fuels. So if he's right, and again, his uh, paper right now is being peer reviewed, it's going to be published in a scientific journal. But remember, um, World Watch Institute many years ago published a a study uh, that concluded that Animal agriculture was responsible for 51% of greenhouse gas emissions. Somehow the powers that be have pushed it way back down. And Dr. Rao makes the point that the um, FAO, the United Nations Farm Organization, uh, that gives the statistics is basically an industry organization that is filled with people from the industry. So they have every motive to try to skew the impact of animal agriculture down. And they do it by 
um, miscalculating methane's impact. Methane is primarily from animal agriculture. And um, so they're not measuring it in a way that really shows its destructive impact on the climate. We could go on and on about that. But um, let me say this. I do believe the world is changing. I've seen it. I've been in this movement for 30 some years. And I, I literally, I had even as recently as months ago was basically told to be quiet if I brought up animal agriculture at a climate event or at an animal welfare event, you know, when conservationists are raising money to save elephants, that's great. But what's really killing the elephants and the tigers and the lions and all of the wild animals is the contraction and the destruction of their habitat to make room for grazing land to grow cattle and to let cattle graze and also uh, to grow food to feed the 9 billion, uh, excuse me, 90 billion animals uh, that we kill every year. And that's just land animals. That's not even including fish. Do you get into that, Jessica, when you're, um, well, we may do that conversation on the other side of the break. I just want to, I guess I'm asking you to think about how deep you go when you're talking to these animal organizations. Do you just say, hey, um, uh, you know, you love animals, don't eat them. Or do you go into, hey, if you're a conservation group and you really care about animals, um, it's really the consumption of animal products that's destroying the habitats for the wildlife that you're trying to save. So, all right, we're going to take a brief break here on Voice America Radio, but we're staying live on Facebook. You can call us. You can comment. We've got tons of comments coming in on Facebook that we'd like to address. Um, Let's take a short break here on Voice America Radio, and we'll be back in a second with more with Food for Thought. Crystal and Jessica talking about how to get animal welfare and environmental groups to walk the walk and have a public vegan policy for their menus in whatever they do. Stay right there. sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. Are you ready for provocative discussions with some of today's most powerful movers and shakers? Tune in to The Art of Significance featuring Dan Clark, the modern day Napoleon Hill, who interviews the wealthiest, most successful celebrities and business leaders on the planet who are using their influence to change the world. From authors to entertainers, sports figures, educators to military leaders, Dan covers multiple topics. Tune in every Monday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in to the Tony D'Urso Show with key influencers for entertaining and thought-provoking weekly discussions with some of the top stars in their fields. From business, sports, and science to entertainment, music, and literature, Tony's guests share their success and give their wisdom. If you're looking to manifest your vision and see how others have done so, be sure to listen to the Tony D'Urso Show every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencer channel 
The Voice America Talk Radio Network is on Instagram. Make sure you follow us and comment on our pictures from behind the scenes at our radio shows, live events, and around the network. We want to see what you have to share as well. Check us out on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to Jane Unchained. To reach the show today, call in to 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email in to News at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Which I think happens to right. a lot of people. We are here with Jessica and Crystal from Food for Thought. We are back on Voice America Radio. Uh, Jessica, you were telling us about your journey. So tell us about your journey to this most important topic because, you know, one of the things that we created for World 2026 is to have people walking, getting some feedback, Andrew. Uh, have people walk the walk. So tell us about how you ended up walking the walk. Um, so I had worked with animals my whole life. I had been a horse trainer as a young woman. I had moved into the environmental and wildlife movement. It was something I was incredibly passionate about. And at some point in my career, I ended up at a farmed animal sanctuary in Texas called the Black Beauty Ranch, which many people have heard of. It's a very large sanctuary that is funded by the Humane Society of the United States. And I came into contact with so many animals that I had never thought about in any other way than what they were on my plate. And as I looked into these animals' eyes and I worked with them every day, uh, they became the same to me as any horse or cat or dog or tiger or orangutan or whatever animal I had loved so deeply that it caused me to make that move into animal welfare. Those farmed animals were no different to me than any of the animals I had worked with previously. And, And it did take somebody confronting me about it. Uh, to make that change. I had been vegetarian for a long time and I, I had never really thought about veganism. I was young and I didn't really understand it. And uh, when someone sat down and talked to me about it, it was just, it was such a great conversation and there was no shame in the conversation. It was very embracing. And yeah, it was a, it was a shift for me and I have never looked back because I do understand the comparison between a horse and a dog and a cat and a pig. All right, we've got, that's a great story. Thank you for sharing your journey. Scarlett from North Carolina. Scarlett, North Carolina, your question or thought, Scarlett? Scarlett? Andrew? Uh, Hi. Scarlett? Um, this is, yes. Speak up, tell you, speak um, your truth. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Oh, we're having a hard time hearing you, honey. Uh, I want you to speak your truth, but we got to be able to hear you. Um, it's a bad connection. So, uh, Andrew, from now on, don't put bad connections through if you can. Let's just tell them to call back with a better connection. All right. So um, here's what I'd like to ask you. In terms of the groups that you're dealing with, how many of them are animal welfare groups, and how many are environmental groups? Because obviously the environmental movement is massive right now. We've got um, 
again, Joaquin Phoenix talking at the Golden Globes about how we should go plant-based. And yet there is resistance, some resistance. I've experienced it myself personally from um, climate change and animal uh, and environmental groups to embrace plant-based. What has your experience been? We'll start with Crystal. Yeah, so um, we actually have three coordinators for uh, reaching out to animal shelters. And we have one coordinator that specifically works with just the environmental and wildlife groups. But what we really need is their community and supporters to reach out to them because they want to hear from their own community that um, their supporters want plant-based options at their events. So what we really need is advocates and volunteers. We do have an advocate uh, program that you can sign up at our website, um, which is www.foodforthoughtcampaign.org, or you can sign up to be a volunteer and help us out. Well, okay, and I wanna ask the same question of Jessica. How do you, there's gotta be a different approach to animal welfare groups, let's say a horse rescue, a dog rescue, that's serving meat or dairy and a climate group. How deep do you go on the climate issue, the connection between animal agriculture and climate change? And what has your experience been with those groups? Well, I think it is important to remember that those in the wildlife and environmental industry, they base a lot on science. That's incredibly important to them. It's the crux of what they do. Those of us who have a science background and have a biological background know that while compassion is a great motivator, the science is a bigger motivator for us. And so when we go into those conversations, absolutely, it's about the hard facts and the hard science. Yeah, I, but I mean, elaborate. What's the response? What? Give us a sense of your dialogue. I mean, I had a wonderful conversation maybe a few weeks ago with Born Free. And uh, we came down to the conversation of how does this affect your wildlife? And we talked about the destruction of the, the Amazon rainforest that came directly from cattle ranchers burning for more animal agriculture land. So we do really get down to the nitty gritty and talk about how that affects what they're really passionate about and how they can turn that around to their donors and say, look, these are the hard facts. We know this land has been burned for this reason. We know this animal has been affected in this way. And this is our mission statement to protect this land and this animal. So we do have to start to make strides as an organization to adopt a policy that supports that work in a better way. Yeah. And by the way, I don't know what their policy is. And I invite them on any time to dialogue. I would love to dialogue with any of the organizations that you work with. We do have a caller. Let's see how this one goes. Shannon from Florida. Shannon, what is your question or thought? I just think this is so awesome that you guys are talking about this. And what makes it even cooler is that sitting here in North Carolina, it's a miserable day. We were planning on doing some activism. And so the kids um, decided on their own to call some of the zoos. And they just had a 30-minute conversation with the curator of a zoo who was so kind and he genuinely loves animals so much, despite that he's still eating them. He just hasn't made that connection yet. But we had a wonderful conversation with him about how it would only make sense with the mission statement to serve plant-based options and to, to move towards more of a sanctuary um, type of setup also. But as far as the food, we were explaining to him that, you know, he said, we care so much about the wildlife. That's why we have these animals in captivity. That's why we're breeding them. And so we explained that, well, if you care about wildlife, 
we're in the sixth great mass extinction of species on Earth right now, losing hundreds of species every day because of world animal agriculture. And so it would really make sense to, you know, move forward with plant-based options. Wow, Shannon, that's absolutely amazing. We, yes, we can't say, well, we're not going to talk to a zoo because we don't, I don't believe in zoos, but um, just like anything else, just like, let's say the fast food industry, we don't want to say we're not going to dialogue with um, a Burger King or McDonald's. If they can bring in a plant-based option, you know, as Ingrid Newkirk said, and I always think about this, it's all about what's going to reduce the most suffering. And so um, as opposed to saying, well, I can't talk to somebody because they're involved in the zoo or they're just bad. If we can dialogue, we need people to make the shift. And that's a great way. There are so many people who have ended up in animal exploitation industries and they got there because they love animals and they found themselves trapped. I've heard that story from many veterinarians and there are a lot of veterinarians in crisis because um, they go into the field because they love animals and then because they need to pay their bills and they've got huge um, debt from medical school, from vet school, they find themselves taking jobs that then involve, uh, wait, I'm working in a laboratory where they're going to torture animals. So have you expanded this incredible idea, which I think is so brilliant Jessica, have you expanded it at all to um, vet schools and zoos? So it's interesting you bring that up. A few weeks ago, I actually had a conversation with an animal shelter, and they were going to be co-hosting a veterinary conference. And they reached out to me and said, I think these veterinarians care, and I want to use your resources to make this a plant-based conference. And I couldn't have been more thrilled with the conversation. Uh, So absolutely, we are growing every day as a campaign. We were previously only about shelters and then we became about environment and wildlife and now we're looking at social justice and now we're working with veterinary conferences and and environmental and climate week and it, it is a huge growth for us as a campaign because as you said before we are in a prime position to talk about this issue wow so i see you doing some of the most important work of our movement because we have to create allies and so If those people who are veterinarians, and I've actually met and talked to not only the veterinarians, but the parents of some of these young vets who said, my daughter is, she doesn't know what's happened. She ends up working in some place that's breeding animals for laboratories and she loves animals. And now she's trying to help those animals because she's kind, but she's trapped in the system. It was a nightmare. It was really a nightmare. I felt for the mother and the daughter. Um, And you just don't want people who don't care about animals in those positions. I mean, one of the reasons why we even have an animal rights movement is that people who were in those positions became appalled and started recording video and documenting what they were seeing. It's a very tricky, nuanced situation. But what we do need to do is communicate and dialogue with people. And um, so the fact that you're dealing with a veterinary organization is absolutely wonderful. I mean, imagine if we got all the vets in the world to go plant-based. You know, and I will say that when I bring my dogs in who are uh, essentially plant based, somebody might give them a treat. You know, I, I can't say it's not like me, if we're, you know, <laughs> but they're pl- they're plant based. They're eating, you know, brown rice and all sorts of yams. other things. Yams. And, but anyway, I, I find that a lot of the vets can be very hostile about that. And, um, they'll, and I, you know, I like to say, just like when I go in for a checkup, 
Um, you know, even though I have great stats, et cetera, if I, whatever, if I got a cold or if I got this, you know, uh, they, they, some of the doctors want to immediately focus on what my diet is and uh, start making, in other words, there's a prejudice. There's a societal prejudice. It extends to doctors. It extends to veterinarians. Are you, and I, you know, what I always say is look at all the other people who are on gurneys up and down the, the hallways. What about, they've been eating animals. What about them? Is it, do you ask them, is it because they're eating animals, you know, uh, or the vets? I, like what I walked in, there was a room full of dogs that looked like they're on death's door. You know, they're all eating animals. Did, did you suggest that their illnesses are connected to their consumption of animals? So there's a societal prejudice. And I know this is sort of going off far afield, but do you address that at all, Jessica? Like, do you, do you see this? Like, it's almost like a vortex, a matrix. Once you start going toward this and you start talking to veterinarians about, uh, you know, them going plant-based, well, what's the next step? Well, I think at this point, especially with the campaign, um, we do focus on the organization and not the individual. So we, and I think a lot of that comes down to trying to also keep it from going to a defensive place because we know when we have that conversation with someone who's not plant-based, that can become defensive. And so we do try to look at the organization as a whole as opposed to the individual because what we're asking the organization to do is to be a leader in compassion and to, and to have that stronger moral compass and to be able to show people that nonprofits do stand overall for good. Yes, absolutely. So let me ask you, Crystal, you're, you are there right with them. And I run into you at, at, at vegan events all the time. Mm -hmm. so yeah. When you popped up, I was like, <laughs> so, um, but uh, has the attitude changed? The reception that you're getting, has it changed over time? I think so, especially now that, you know, climate change is definitely a really hot topic right now, and people are becoming more aware of their environmental destruction and what agriculture has on the planet, especially after the documentary Cowspiracy um, was released. And so people are definitely more open to it. And it seems to me the conversations that I have with organizations is they want to go plant-based. They're just a little bit nervous. So we kind of give them that extra push. Um, having a grant opportunities helps that. Um, and once they go and they do their first vegan event, um, they see how successful it is. Um, many of them adopt policies from there. So what do you think? Because again, uh, you are often out there, uh, Paige, dealing with these organizations. Do you sense that there's a, more, a greater receptivity, that people are more receptive to this? Absolutely. In fact, news just in yesterday at the Critics' Choice Awards, they served a plant-based meal. So again, another nod to the entertainment industry. I also want to acknowledge Joaquin Phoenix for standing up on the stage in Washington, D.C. at Jane Fonda's Fire Drill Fridays and acknowledging animal agriculture as being the third leading cause for climate change and to reduce and uh, for people to reduce their meat and dairy consumption. So shout out to Joaquin once again. He was wearing a animal, uh, the Save Movement, Los Angeles Animal Save Pig Vigil sweatshirt. He's been wearing that. If you look at uh, all the pictures lately of, of all the uh, 
basically he's been standing up for the for the animals in every which way that he can in all of his joke the joker um media that he's been doing so a huge shout out to Joaquin Phoenix thank you and all the other celebrities that do stand up Billie Eilish who's an amazing musician um Moby and the list goes on and on and on so I think the entertainment is industry is catching on which a lot of these people that go to these events are high donors when it comes to these animal uh, environmental organizations. You see what I mean? So they cross-pollinate. They go to different, you know, different uh, events. A lot of them are event goers and they want them to be on their boards. They want these celebrities to be attending these events because they'll get the media there. So I think, you know, it's, it's so important that peers, it's peer to peer. And I love what you were saying, Jessica, about not necessarily calling anyone out, but focusing not on the individual, but focusing on the impact that it can make. And yet I think the message that Joaquin was saying, which I thought was so important, was he was saying it is an individual choice. You know, we, we, we are voting with our dollars every time that we eat food. So every time we purchase, we purchase a meal, we purchase our food, we're voting with our dollars. That's where our money is going. So I do think things are changing, Jane. Yeah, I think things are changing. And I I do feel it was a watershed moment when Joaquin Phoenix got up there at the Golden Globes and basically said, thank you for going plant-based and acknowledging animal agriculture's role in climate change. Now, um, do you... You were talking about celebrities, and I think that brings up an important point. I think your campaign is brilliant. Have you thought about incorporating a celebrity? Because, you know, when we see the tipping point, like Malcolm Gladwell wrote that incredible book, The Tipping Point, where a certain percentage of the population becomes committed to something, and then it tips the entire society. And I do believe that we're possibly... Um, hitting the tipping point. We're going to take a short break on Voice America Radio, but let's all think about, is there a next level up involving celebrities and involving um, you know, a campaign that uses, now that things are shifting, that we can really, really take it up to the next level and make it almost like an embarrassment, which I believe it is, to serve animals or, or byproducts, animal byproducts at any kind of animal welfare vegan or or hunger event or humanitarian event okay let's take a short break we're going to be back on the other side but we're going to stay live on facebook you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Sustainable success is just around the corner. If you are an entrepreneur, business leader, or anybody looking for their next level of success, tune into Sustainable Success with host Chris Salem. Did you know that the path to success is a long path that started many years ago? The path you started on then determines what is happening now. Chris and his amazing guests in their field will help you navigate the path to sustainable success every Thursday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Influencers Channel. 
It's time to unlock some of the best-kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time for The Forbes Factor. We guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to Jane Unchained. To reach the show today, call in to 1 866 472 5795. That's 1 866 472 5795. You may also send an email in to News at gmail.com. Now back to the show. All right. Welcome. We're talking to two amazing, my heroes. You are my heroes, Crystal and Jessica. (laughs) Thank you. So much to get animal welfare and environmental organizations to walk the walk. If you're trying to save dogs, which of course I I have three, you've been hearing them barking sporadically throughout the show. (laughs) along with a cat, if you're trying to save these animals, we love them so much, don't kill other animals in the process. If you're trying to conserve the wildlife, don't kill other animals in the process and make the connection between uh, the destruction of habitat to grow food to feed 90 billion animals and um, the elimination of the habitat for elephants that you are trying to save. So we're just letting this conversation grow and grow. Um, I also see this, you know, expanding in so many ways. It's absolutely mind boggling. But I wanted to ask you, Jessica, now that the the tipping point is nearing and you have so many celebrities, you mentioned Billie Eilish, Joaquin Phoenix, Moby. I mean, the Kim Kardashian went vegan. Kim Kardashian went vegan. Um, has there been any thought of getting a celebrity who might have good, um, a a really good impact or that environmental groups respect to endorse your campaign. In other words, let's say you had a, um, well, let's just pick the top of the list. Joaquin Phoenix. Okay. Let's say, and I'm not asking him to do anything. You know, I'm just a big fan of his. And I think he really, he was a game changer at the golden gloves, but let's say somebody like Joaquin Phoenix says, Hey, environmental groups or, you know, whoever, pick your big, big vegan celebrity, Billie Eilish. Uh, Hey, environmental groups, you know, you want to save the planet, but uh, it's animal agriculture that's destroying the planet. It's the leading cause of habitat destruction, wildlife extinction, um, et cetera, et cetera. And then um, use that to help make it almost like, instead of them feeling like I'm taking a risk, by having a plant-based menu at my gala or my event, make them feel I'm taking a risk by not having a plant-based. Yes. That's that's what that's I see. It. Yeah. Uh, can you address that, Jessica? Sure. Um, and it's a, it's a great point. It's a valid point. We are in our fourth year of the campaign and we have grown exponentially. We have over 400 endorsers at this point. And that's huge for us. Those are 400 organizations, not individuals, but organizations that have made the move to go plant-based. And so 
one of the reasons why I reached out to you, Jane, was because as our campaign grows, we want to grow with that campaign. So we want to cross-pollinate. We want to get more support. We want to grow. We want to reach more people. So we're open to any uh, growth opportunities that are out there, whether that be uh, a celebrity or whether that be, uh, you know, some kind of large cross-pollination with another large organization. Those are all part of growth that we are so very open to. Well, you know, and I'm not, I'm just brainstorming here. One of the fun things doing an hour show is that you really get to uh, brainstorm and, you know, dialogue. And I don't have the answers. I'm not suggesting I do. But in my documentary, Countdown to Year Zero, which I, yes, I do promote it. It's available on Amazon Prime. If you're an Amazon Prime member, it's free. I promote it because it explains the connection between animal agriculture and the destruction of our planet, the fires, and how it's the most effective, fastest thing we can do right now to start reversing climate change, as opposed to just yelling at corporations and governments. We see how well that's working, um, not. So um, Jane Goodall is featured in the documentary. And I think she's somebody who's universally respected as an anthropologist, as an environmentalist. I mean, and she's done a meme recently where she said, basically, um, I, I haven't eaten meat since 1969. And she said, I looked down at my plate and I saw a pork chop and all I saw was pain and suffering. But, um, you know, if she came out almost like the queen of all, all these organizations, you know, there are certain people who are icons. She's an incredible icon. I mean, I'm not suggesting, hey, you know, Jane, call Jane tomorrow. But but somebody like that, I think when, when somebody of that stature says, you know, hey, environmental groups, this is what you got to do. Boom. And I'm not, what your work is so important. I, I just kind of see maybe teaming up with one of those icons for even one meme, one statement. Do you hit them with a package, like a package of films and stats and documents or do you just talk to them well I, I did want to mention on the sheltering side we do have a celebrity um jackson galaxy who oh, endorses oh. camping yeah he's the host of my cat from hell so he's vegan and endorses our campaign he's actually in one of our campaign videos um talking about how important it is to align your menu with your mission well that's a great you know i sat next to jackson galaxy and um, he is one of the most charming, wonderful guys, and he is vegan, and he does care about, obviously, cats, and he solves cat problems, and I've seen the show. It's brilliant. So there is a perfect example. You just provided it of um, teaming up with a celebrity who's universally respected on a particular front, cats, and he's making that, that statement. You, you, that's, that's perfect. I mean, that's uh, so wonderful. So what's next? What do you see Jessica down the road? You know, we've had a lot of big conversations about where we would love to see the campaign go. We would like to address larger organizations. We would like to continue with the social justice movement and making the connection with, you know, human rights and animal rights. Um, we would love to make a connection on so many levels. And I think that's the wonderful thing about having a campaign that is as young as ours and that has attained so much growth and has done so much positive good. You really can go anywhere from where we're at right now. Let me ask you about the hunger part, because uh, I know that when you, well, look, let me just speak in the first person. 
uh, in the documentary, <laughs> we talk about how obviously there's 7.7 billion humans and we're raising and killing the number varies depending on how you calculate it, 70 billion, 90 billion, whatever. It's so much more food being grown to feed farm animals who are being systematically and institutionalized, left in institutionalized torture. And so that food, if fed directly to humans, uh, would go a long way towards solving world hunger. I think uh, something like 70% of all soybeans produced go into feeding farm animals. And there's similar stats about other staples. Um, and people aren't aware of this. Now, hunger organizations are often um, also serving, you know, going out and serving um, dead animals to people who uh, are hungry. And, you know, a lot, of, a lot of the conversations that come up around that is you care about animals, not people. No, there are tons of vegan organizations going out there on Thanksgiving and other events and serving vegan meals to people who are hungry. We went live when they were feeding the homeless here, vegan organizations in downtown Los Angeles. So have you broached them? Because I think that, you know, there's a real disconnect in some of the hunger groups not wanting to acknowledge the role of animal agriculture in creating human world hunger. Do you want to say something? What I was going to say is that I know here in Los Angeles um, and, and many uh, major uh, cities, they uh, during the holidays, um, some of the news stations or other organizations will reach out and, and feed the homeless. And here in Los Angeles, there's multiple groups, and I think they spread out, but Chili's on Wheels, the Burrito Project, a, a local group that's doing this. And we, it was a disconnect over the holidays. Some of the Jane Unchained contributors, shout out to um, Simone Reyes. She basically saw on social media how there was a vegan celebrity who was showing this turkey leg that they were serving the homeless. And she basically reached out to that celebrity saying, hey, so this might be a really great opportunity right now to partner. And uh, we can give you some of the some of the ones that we've seen over the holidays because we kind of jumped on this. And um, I think there's a, a huge group. This might be a perfect partnering, especially since it is on the table that now two large entertainment events have gone plant-based. You know, you have the Critics' Choice and uh, the Golden Globes. That's huge. So maybe using that in your letter campaign with Joaquin Phoenix and also mentioning all these other incredible celebrities that are plant-based. Jessica Tastain. I mean, we have a huge list. Yeah, so, and, and we're not like, hey, you're doing, you're you're doing an incredible job. We're just talking because we're talking for an hour about ideas that are occurring to us. I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ideas that we're mentioning, you go, yeah, and we did that, yeah, and, and we did that, that yeah, and we did yeah. that. But but let me ask you, Jessica, about the the hunger groups because they're some of the most problematical in terms of being in denial about what's causing human world hunger. I think the public doesn't make that connection. I don't think it's been discussed enough. I don't think those large organizations that are fighting to end world hunger um, are discussing that as well amongst themselves. I don't think that's been addressed. And it's it's a new area of, of campaigning for us at Food for Thought. That's a recent grant that we received in order to do that work with social justice organizations. I mean, and it's multiple levels. It's not just world hunger. You're also talking about the laborers that work in the slaughterhouses who have 
psychological warfare conditions that they live through every day. They have some of the worst conditions of any laborers out there at their place of work. So there is multiple levels that we could address with animal agriculture and also social justice. You raise such an important point. The people, I, I was talking to somebody who said, you know, we do vigils for those. I'm, a lot of our viewers know that, but we do vigils where um, as part of the SAVE movement founded by Anita Crines in Toronto, uh, we bear witness. This is happening. Los Angeles Animal Save is the largest. Uh, hundreds of people bear witness at pig slaughterhouses and uh, Animal Alliance Network also has a huge one. And it's happening all over the world. People gather, give water to pigs uh, and bear witness. And um, so there is this, this huge movement, but there is a real disconnect amongst people who are doing any kind of social justice work and making the connection of the harm that they're doing when they eat animals. And there was a couple that was very involved in all sorts of projects and uh, uh the wife wanted to go to the visual and then she called me and she said, you know, my husband can't go. He feels like he's going to get sick to his stomach. And I said, well, then he shouldn't be eating the animals if he can't even look at it. So there's a certain, sorry, I have to say, in my opinion, it's cowardice that you can hire somebody to kill day in and day out. Imagine if your job was slitting the throats of animals eight hours or 10 hours a day, five or six days a week. Imagine if that was your life, okay, how you would feel. And yet there are these people talking about, oh, I'm peace and love and everything's got to be love and peace. And they're hiring somebody to do that. And we need to talk to those people. We need to get to the yoga community that's talking about ahimsa and uh, um, all sorts of nonviolence and love. I mean, when I do yoga, I hear people, you know, going on and on about non uh, peace and love and then. Um, they'll say something like, uh, you know, um, stretch out like a chicken wing. And I actually went up to my yoga teacher and I very nicely, I said, did you say chicken wing or did you say like a chicken's wing? I said, because a chicken wing is, is, a, is a source of suffering, an animal whose chicken, whose wing was ripped from them and doesn't belong to us. And a chicken's wing is a wing in a, in, as part of a chicken. And she looked at me like, are you crazy? But then I kind of, I, I just left it to her. I say, because if you said spread out like a chicken's wing, that wouldn't be offensive. But if you said spread your arms like a chicken wing, that would be offensive. And I just want to leave it for you to think about. And she, she took it in. I never heard it again <laughs> at the yoga <laughs> class. <laughs> Anyway, I want to thank you. You guys are doing amazing work. Let's give them a round of applause. Thank you for this opportunity. And we want everybody to get involved. Where's the website? Tell us, Jessica. Uh, so you can find us at Food for Thought Campaign, um, and you can find advocate tools there. You can find information about why you should adopt plant-based menu and how you go about that. There are resources. There are catering directories. You can get free food samples. Uh, you can get a consultation. We have a lot of really great resources for people to reach out and find. Once again, the full website? foodforthoughtcampaign.org or yeah. .org. Okay, thank you. One more time. And be sure to uh, share us on Facebook and Instagram. All right. 
foodforthoughtcampaign.org. Yes. Foodforthoughtcampaign.org. Get involved, people. This is one of the most important, important campaigns that I can possibly imagine. It's huge. It can envelop everything. You guys are brilliant. And I love the work you're doing. Thank you for taking the time to join us today. Thank you so much. Bye. Thank you. What a great, what a great uh, organization. Okay, there we go. Thank you, guys. We really appreciate you. And thank, thank you. Man. Thank you so much. Yeah, and um, yeah. So anytime you're doing something in in LA, or there's an organization that switched to plant based, you could tell us, and we could go and go live too. Yes. Okay. Great. And Crystal is in your area. Crystal's in LA. Thank you for tuning in to Jane Unchained. We hope you'll join Jane Velez Mitchell for the next edition of her program next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Meanwhile, have a peaceful week.